if I disagree with something, have an answer of how I think it can be done better and be part of the solution, not not just the problem and say that's that's crap. And then the other thing I would I would I would say is that ultimately that leader is in a position of responsibility and that comes with its with its downfalls, that comes with its pressures as well. And actually they have they're in that position so they have the final say. And you have to and you have to respect that. So as long as you've said, look, I don't 100% agree with this. I think we could do it this way. If that person then turns around and says, look, I really appreciate your input. Thank you. But no, we're going to do it this way. Then I've said what I think. As long as it's been treated with respect, I'm then just going to get on and and do it in the way that, that they want to do it. Because the truth is, there's probably pitfalls to the way I want to do it. There's pitfalls to the way they want to do it. There's no, there's no perfect answer. And we're only going to find out by trying. And I'd much prefer to get on with something and do something and learn from something and find out that it was the wrong way to go than to just sit back and do nothing at all. Welcome to the How They Lead podcast, hosted by Benjamin Wade and Ben Stocken. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the world of high performance, showcasing examples of how individuals and teams can reach their full potential. Together, they'll be inviting amazing guests who have defined or represented high performance in their own right. From world record breakers to individuals who have achieved first in their fields, the How They Lead podcast will showcase a diverse range of guests, each with their unique stories and insights to share. So join us as we challenge traditional ways of doing things, explore new ideas, methods, and possibilities, and evolve the way people perform. Welcome to How They Lead, this edition, a special edition with Simon Maguire, which we'll hear all about shortly. But as you know, Simon, uh, we've invited you onto our podcast, a conversational podcast where we're trying to create a library of content from leaders at the rock face of leadership, giving us some insights into how they lead, their experience, and the pitfalls and the traps that they may have fallen into so that our listeners can take away those lessons, deploy them back within their business or within their team, and increase their performance because of it. So I think we're going to hear from you and your background. Ben's going to run a little intro and we're going to hear what lessons you have for us today on this exciting version of our podcast. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Simon, welcome. Welcome on this extra special episode where we get to introduce a few of the the special members of the West Peak team. So why don't I hand over to you and you give everyone a bit of a rundown about your background and how we invited you to, to join West Peak. Yeah, well, firstly, thank you very much for having me on the show. I've been really enjoying listening to, to all your podcasts that you've been doing so far, learning lots from, from all the different people, particularly the Red Arrows chat, Patrick Kershaw, is it? Like literally. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Red Five. Amazing episode, love that. So yeah, my, I guess I guess my background is really hospitality through and through. I started as a, a kitchen porter, kind of as a as a Saturday job, and and really just loved it and loved the atmosphere that that was kind of in in hospitality, the kind of team ethic uh, that you really need to to succeed. And I just I just kept on going with my with my career, and I guess kitchen porter finished up as as managing director of a. Uh, you know, fairly large UK hotel group, 
and everything that kind of went in between, which we probably need about a 24 hour show or something like that to cover. But maybe we'll get into some of that detail. And but the more it kind of the more my journey continued, the bit that inspired me the most, the bit that meant had the most meaning for me was was supporting people through excellent leadership. At times it wasn't excellent, but I always tried my best. And when I met you two chaps, I guess I was I was pretty inspired at what West Peak was doing and what West Peak was was trying to do. And that really resonated with me. And actually it was it was a pretty easy decision. There was there was no bullying required. It just it just felt like the right thing to do. And how old were you when you started as a, a KP? It'd be quite interesting just to hear how long you were in the hospitality industry for. Yeah, so um, a friend of mine, basically there was a there was a pub down the road. It's called the Gomshaw Mill, much nicer place now. And my friend got a Saturday job there and he said, oh, look, you know, they pay £3.70 an hour. It's a good it's a good spot. And um, he said, come come down on Sunday and do a shift with me. They're always looking for people. So I turned up on that Sunday. He'd called in sick with a with a hangover, and it was an absolute nightmare. It was it was horrific. It was just me for a, like a whole Sunday lunch service. The chef was shouting at me. Yes, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't a great start, but I came I came back for more. And um, yeah, that was I think I was fourteen when I did my when I did my first shift. Fourteen. Well, okay. So over twenty years of experience. The front end of hospital. Twenty five. I say thirty. <laughs> I, I was going to go. I went, I went low there. Yeah. <laughs> Over twenty years of experience. Let's go with. We'll go in the middle. Let's hit twenty five. Okay, twenty five. Twenty five. No, yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to this because my experience, obviously, is like the Gordon Ramsays and, and hearing about the shouty chef. So it's going to be really interesting to see what takeaways you had from your thirty years of experience in hospitality and the, and the leadership and what how you grew as a person uh, and grew your your leadership ability throughout yeah. those thirty odd years. It's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. So Simon, I think I think for me, obviously we we met you as a as a client first. So I'm not going to ask a difficult question as to as to, as to why you chose to to work with us or even answer Ben's many many calls and emails. But what would be great to know is like over that 20 we've agreed 25 over that agreed 25 years experience in in hospitality and you know some of the amazing brands that that you've worked you've worked with over that time. How has that crystallized your your kind of philosophy around around how you think leadership works yeah so i i think early on in my career i i felt the way that leadership worked was that you just outworked everyone that particularly in in hospitality there's kind of this never say or there was this kind of never say die attitude no matter what obstacles were put in your way you you were just resilient and you and you got through it and that's you know i've done shifts that lasted longer than than 24 hours because certain people weren't coming to work i've laid on kitchen floors in the middle of the night just to get a couple of hours sleep i've 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 done pretty much everything you know i've ran a, a full hotel with with no power and no light and no heating so you know you you kind of just believe that outworking everybody is is the way to go and particularly in my i guess in my early career i felt like you have to know all the answers you're leading from the front you need to know the answers and you just drag everyone along with you and that's and that's how you do it i think as i 
as things kind of evolved and and as you know i had to properly crack in that style of leadership um i had to properly break to to then put the pieces back together to see actually there's there's other ways and probably more effective ways and ways where you can grow the people around you much more effectively and now if you ask me you know what what's my leadership style and stance as of today I would say that it's all about leading by example in terms of leading by example about looking after yourself, looking after your your health first and, and foremost, looking after the relationships around you. And I think the easiest analogy for me is like, if you want to help anyone, you know, like they say on the plane, put your own oxygen mask on before you before you help anyone else and 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 i think in the world we are today that's that's massively important in leadership yeah do, do you think there was a defining moment when you saw that shift so obviously we spoke to alex Aitken uh, a couple of series ago three star or three michelin star chef and he said that he grew up and developed himself in a very aggressive shouty kitchen it's all about the, the gordon ramsay style and then after covid there's a total mindset shift it's all about empowering developing looking after people uh, that, that mindset shift was all around COVID. Or did you experience that earlier on? Yeah, I think I think I experienced it a little bit earlier than than that. And for me, it was it was really more about my my personal journey made me realise it. You know, my leadership style as it was to just do the hours, to just know all the answers. To you know, when Harbour Hotels, for example, I was Group Operations Director there. Um, kind of second in in command. I think we we employed about twelve hundred people at the time across sixteen hotels. And a leadership style of just answering every question means that you get a lot of phone calls um, and trying, you know, whizzing around the country trying to 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 help everyone rather than saying, well, what would you do in that situation, or what do you think is the best course of action? My default was always to just grab the monkey and and deal with it and. What that meant was, whilst it was effective, I suppose you would say in in certain ways, because it got the it got the job done. It was incredibly ineffective in terms of growing other people around me and also on my own help. And it was probably the the turning point was when I kind of hit a weight that was getting out of control. You know, problems with with alcohol and and, and painkillers. And it was at that point that I really understood that actually the way I lead and the way I'm trying to lead people that there is a better way. And that's when I really started to read about leadership. I'd never really read a leadership book or or anything like that. I think the closest I'd got to that was Sir Alex Ferguson's autobiography. So I'd never really, un, you know, no one had ever taught me leadership. That's not something you teach in hotels. You teach customer service, you teach, but no one had ever sat down to me and said, this is how you lead. And I think that's why I find it so fascinating now is that actually what what we're doing is we're kind of intervening that little bit earlier and we're actually supporting leaders with those tools. You know, and I give the example of of, of Indeed Flex, a, a company that we're working with at the moment, and it's just amazing to see them investing in their people at that first level of leadership because it's it's a really daunting time. You know, you've just been told to be responsible for four other people, and that sounds really exciting. Oh, I just got promoted, but actually, you're dealing with four other people's problems. Uh, there's their personal problems with that. You then have to work out how to manage them most effectively on a one-to-one basis, but you also have to learn how to manage them effectively as a team. And that's pretty much impossible to do if you have no leadership experience. And so what we do, I think, is is just so powerful in that in that sense. 
Yeah, I think um, there was there was something I heard this morning that, that like really timely based on, on what you just said, like actually the idea that, that being unselfish and as you said, kind of, you know, when you were at, at Harbour, Harbour Group and people would ask you questions and, and you'd want to be unselfish and give the answer, you know, it was effective, it, it was short in a short term, it, it got results. The, the quote I heard this morning was being unselfish is one of the most selfish things you can do. Because as you said, like the airplane kind of oxygen mask thing is actually you've got to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help other people. And if we are perpetually unselfish with our time, um, then in the short term, it looks great because, you know, we can help a lot of people. We can get a lot, a lot, of, sh- a lot of stuff done. But the reality, is that the reality is that we end up, we end up burning out or have cracking as, uh, as you've said, and, and we haven't actually developed we haven't developed those people behind us because, you know, if you, if you tell someone, they'll come back to you and be like, I, I need to know the next thing you need to tell me to do rather than, as you said, developing, developing them as well. So all those years ago when we came and met you in the eighth and in, we were sitting down and, and talking about what Ben and I do and how we help our clients. What was it that resonated with you? Because the, the high-performing teams that we've speak, spoken to on the podcast they're aligned in their way of thinking that, as you just said, that, that leadership and personal development first pays dividends later on in life, whereas a lot of businesses we see where they're facing challenges, leadership development and personal development almost comes far later on in, in a person's career development, almost too little too late, and, and only appears at a time that they, they need some development, such so like five, six years into their career. Uh, why was it that you thought... I'll be a little bit different to the norm in terms of hospitality and, and start developing my leaders from their day one in the business. Yeah, I think it was, it was a few things, really. One, one was, was around timing. Um, we, were just, we were just coming out of um, probably the most turbulent time ever in, in hospitality. Um, I'd never seen anything like it in terms of you know, the, the amount of people that left the industry. So we were promoting a lot of people who perhaps were being promoted two to three years before they, they should be into, into leadership roles. We were kind of forced into that position. So for me, I really wanted to show those people whilst we were probably giving them that responsibility too soon. I really wanted to show them that we're going to support you on this. We're not just going to we're not just going to throw you the job title and walk away and just expect you to to kind of clean up our mess. We're we're going to give you support on this. Whilst I felt we could do that a, a little bit in house, I think it's just it just gives such a better perspective if you if you bring people in who have got great expertise, but they were all busy, so it was just it was just down to you two guys, I'm afraid. <laughs> nice. But so, you know, bringing in bringing in external expertise was was really important for me in that in that sense. And then I think the other the other thing, not not just timing, but I had a I had a really good conversation with with someone and it was someone who's often quite honest with me. And um, I won't name them on the on the podcast. And I was I was kind of talking about the state of the hospitality industry and just saying, like, we can't get people. This is this is just like ridiculous. You know, we're, we're trying to operate these hotels at 100 percent occupancy. The customer expectations are sky high because the rates were were 
really pushing up as you came out of COVID, as you as you know. And this person just said to me, get your head out of your ass. Just just get your head out of your ass. Stop moaning and do something about it. And I just thought to myself, on so many levels, that was great advice because you can either just moan about the situation in front of you or you can take a little bit of responsibility and, and start to do something about it. And having spoken to you guys, I knew um, I couldn't do everything. Like, um, so I could focus on lots of other things and focus where my strengths lie and bring in the experts to, to help me with, with, with that bit, the, the leadership bit. And it, it worked like a dream. So, you know, uh, I was really glad that person said that to me. Yeah. I think, I think it's, 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 sometimes it takes someone to like hit you with something like that. That's very like radical, direct feedback to get you to check and challenge, doesn't it? I think I'm interested, like, so we go back to, you know, you as a, a, a teenager coming to hospitality through your your career and and you know as a, a managing director of of, of a, a luxury hotel group um there must have been some role models along the way that, that helped you kind of kind of leverage that leadership skill set and that approach that when you did have that moment when as you said you you cracked and kind of rebuilt your, yourself what who have been the role models and and why have they been like a, a leadership role model for you on that journey yeah, so I think look, there's one, there's probably one person that stands out more than more than anyone else. So it would be wrong for me not to start with them. A lady called Heli Jensen. Heli is um, Danish, and she is still the general manager of the Covent Garden Hotel. And I first met Heli as a receptionist. I was three months into a training scheme with a company called Firmdale Hotels, and. Um, I was I was just I was just really struck by the way she led instantly and she did something that is is funny now working in the in the leadership space seems so obvious to us but still doesn't seem to happen with probably the majority of of companies we talk to in the first instance and and was that why like she gave everybody in that property and it's it's still there and people work for her for you know 20 30 years is there is always this very clear why and it was just repeated day in day out and that why is that we are going to make this the best ever hotel experience for our guests and so every day like we would have a morning briefing at 8 15 like a lot of hotels do but every day that briefing was not Uh, It was just centered around what can we do to make that guest stay special? Like this happened last night. What are we going to do to fix it? It's this guest birthday today and they're bringing their son for the first time to the hotel. What are we going to do to make that extra special? And we had like 70% of repeat business there. We knew our customers inside and out. Like if I go into London and I go and walk in the Covent Garden tomorrow, I'll probably know about half of the guests in the restaurant still. It's like mad. Like she just created this amazing atmosphere and everybody knew what they were, what they were working towards. And I think that kind of that goal, that aspiration just fed through the whole team. So there was it, it often meant there wasn't time to really think about other things that were maybe negative. It was just like, right, we're, we're all driving. We're all driving towards this. And, and I found that incredibly inspirational. And I tried to copy that with with my teams. I think that's going to be one of the, the biggest takeaways for this. That mm. why it comes up so frequently with some of our clients where there's issues with performance. And when you dig down into the, the root cause, it's often because the, the teams don't understand what they're actually trying to achieve. So they're great at working on their specific tasks, but they can't be creative or collaborative because they don't know 
how to go beyond the scope of their specific task and then incorporate some entrepreneurial spirit and find solutions to other problems because they don't know the bigger vision or that why or the goal or there's ambiguity over what that goal is. So that's really important. That you make yeah, like that. yeah. And I think, um, I think just kind of it's, it's the why. And then the, what, what I hear from you, Simon, is the why is strong. The why, the why is the why is strong, and it's anchoring in that you know customer experience. How do we make this customer experience the, the best hotel customer experience we can? But what what I really heard from you was consistency and repetitions of communication, and and often again, it, like the why, the, if the why is there. You know, and sometimes it's it's written on the wall in in vinyls. Sometimes you know it's at the top of their headed paper, or, or it comes up in performance reviews quarterly or annually. Like unless it is consistently communicated in a way that's that's real and practical, then then it, it becomes it's ethereal rather than than tangible. And the examples you gave me that that, that Heli used to give just then was was it's this guest's birthday or this happened last night. How do we improve? And that, I think that that's like that is such a gold nugget for people to take away for sure. It ties into your uh, the journey that you mentioned as well earlier, and also one of our questions about self leadership. But that consistency piece, motivation, discipline, and consistency. You mentioned your journey, but didn't really elaborate. Is that something that you can elaborate on, or how this all ties into the journey that you mentioned? Yeah, I think I think there's like leadership is is definitely multi dimensional. Um, that's what that's what makes it so interesting. And I think you learn, like you might learn certain bits earlier in your career, depending on who your leaders are, you might learn, you know, other bits from from other people, like I call it, I call it copycat leadership, like take the best bits from each leader you work with and, and leave the worst bits, leave the worst bits behind. So I think, I think for me, probably, look, Heli, she had these she had these brilliant strengths but she she also had her weaknesses and she'd be she'd be the first to admit that so i think i learned about that why and being a, and being empathetic and giving belief to people and how to inspire people really quickly in early on in my career but i probably didn't learn some of the self leadership pieces um as quickly i learned that off different people later down the line so i think you know, depending on who you're led by, depending on uh, the companies that you work with, all of that shapes you and shapes you as a as a leader. And it's the same kind of in the technical. It, it, it's the same in the technical pieces. So Firmdale, for example, they were just so customer centric. It was it was unreal. Like as a head of department, I couldn't really tell you what what the P&L looked like. I couldn't, I, you know, there was a lot of things I couldn't tell you about financial acumen from working for them for eight years. I then went to a, another company, Hotel Divan, and it was completely the opposite. It was like, you need to know everything down to like within 5p. You need to know all your numbers. You need to know all your KPIs and you need to be assessing them and talking about them with your team. And even receptionists or, you know, any level, we were, we were kind of like sharing that information. And that was brilliant too. But we didn't focus on the customer as much. And you can say that's a weakness or, or a strength. I would just say that every company is different and does it and does it differently. And I think that's what makes everybody's journey. Like I, I just love chatting to, to, to people that we, that we come across in our, in our daily lives. Like 
you know, if I walk into Wagamama's, I'm like, oh, wow, like I'm trying to work out how that business model works. And I'm trying to work out how many covers they're selling and at what price. And, and so I think I think it's just fascinating that depending on who you work with, depending on who you've worked for, that's going to have a massive impact on shaping how you then go on to lead people and, and even your work style. Uh, and what did you take from your that experience into your personal life with your, that you mentioned a weight loss journey? Obviously, you got the, the motivation and the why you were doing that, and then the discipline and consistency to carry out that, that journey. Is that something that you can elaborate on as well? You mentioned the, the weight loss journey. Yeah, I think, oh, that's, that's, that's tricky. Let me, let me think about that. He's, he's throwing out some real belters here, isn't he? Um, he is, he is, yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think probably, probably what I learned from, like, if, I, if you take that heli piece, like, it was like the morning meeting is 8.15 every single day. And that's our chance as a team to reflect on what's happened. And it's our chance to put that to bed if anybody wants to put it to bed. And it's our chance to then take responsibility and move forward. And um, so we're going to take responsibility for what happened. And we're going to take responsibility of the day to make sure it, it, it um, goes better than it did yesterday and that we, we move forward as a team. And actually, the, the, the weight loss journey ended up being the, being the same thing. I, I need to reflect on yesterday and or as in my case, I need to reflect on the last few years that I've completely uh, drop the ball on my own personal health. But there's no point in kind of blaming anyone or getting angry about that. I've just now got to take personal responsibility and self-leadership and look forward. And all I can control is is my next moves, is my is my next steps. Uh, there's no point in, in kind of um, shouting at myself for, for where I've let myself get to. And I think that's probably what I, what I took from that. Um, and I try... Uh, as you know, I do a bit of a, a bit of keynote speaking and, you know, lots of people come up to you afterwards and they say, oh, like that was that was really inspirational. Thank you. You know, it's given me it's given me a lot of a lot of confidence in, in thing. And I think so often too many people spend too long in the in the past or looking backwards and, and kind of giving themselves a hard time rather than just understanding, just control the next thing in front of you and, and make that work because you know, that's the only step you can, you can take. Don't waste time looking back. Yeah. Yeah. I saw you, you did a, a keynote yesterday for, for one of our clients and I saw someone who was in the audience watching you posted on LinkedIn today. And I think it was, it was a little photo and um, uh, it was a clip from a photo. I, I imagine one that you'd put up and it was said, it's either, you're either going to do it one day or today is day one and something like that. And I just, I loved that, that flip on it's like it's one day or day one. And I think, I think that that's really important. And when it comes to like this, this lands in terms of, you know, leaders or people in business, we all have bad days. We all make bad people decisions. You know, you might, you might have, someone might have done something that, 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 impacted a customer impacted a project and you feel the emotion and you, you know you weren't at your best and i think that there, there's an element of, of having that accountability for yourself as you be like look I, I will apologize for, for for my emotional response in that but but i i certainly know from speaking to to leaders that we work with that people can bottle that up and it can become it can become almost um overbearing in terms of how they act and there was I, we, we were talking Simon a couple of days ago and I was I was thinking as I was coming in to, to the office and, and we were having a conversation that 
um, that there's something about like you, what we are today is is the average of probably the last three decisions we've made. All right. Now, if you are the average of the last three decisions you made in terms of a decision tree, like look forwards, think about the possibilities. The next three decisions you make, the next one decision you make can take you in the right direction. You make another one, it takes you further in the right direction. And I think when we look at, at people developing self-leadership, like role modeling, which is one of the fundamentals for us, like how well do you present the behaviors and expectations you have for the rest of your team or your business consistently on a day-to-day basis? And I think if you look at that and go, wow, how, how can I be this perfect leader? You can't. But what I think we can do, and, and certainly what I think you've demonstrated in, in your journey is, is you can just choose to own something and do it really, really well today and then have another go tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I really do I really do think it's it's half the battle. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I expected something of other people but didn't play the game myself. And it's it's just ineffective. Like if you if you do that, if you if you tell people to do something, but then then and, and I'll give you I'll give you an example, like an e-learning on health and safety or something like that if you're if you're asking people to to do that but you wouldn't do it yourself like either question why you're asking them to do it and if it's if it's the right way to get them to do it so what so why wouldn't i do it well i don't have the attention span to do that well guess what probably 95% of people don't have the attention span to do that either. So do it differently. Get everyone in a room for an hour and make it fun and 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 do it do it differently. You'll get better outcomes. And so I I think that's that's kind of key for me is is you know now just lead by example, show up as often as you can and when you can't show up, there will be times that you can't show up. That's you know we all have things that get in our way and when you can't show up just be honest about it. Just be vulnerable and say, look, I can't show up today and we'll we'll talk tomorrow or, or whatever it might be. It sounds like a mantra is always being hands-on as well. So as a, as a hands-on GM and MD, how did you come across uh, as an amazing follower as well? I guess within a hotel, everyone looks up to the, the, the GM for advice, for support, for direction. But how do you broach that, that ability to be an amazing follower as well as a leader as well within a hotel? That'd be really interesting as well, ties into what you're saying. Yeah, so I think I think as a as a follower, it's quite an interesting one because again, I think I changed uh, over a period of time, and I think when you're in hospitality, you know, in in the very early days, like you you do what you're told. You know, I, I know you're from an RAF background, and and Ben kind of like a rugby background, and and I, and I don't think it's too dissimilar. In that sense, you know, if you go into a training session in in rugby and you're told to run this and you're told to do this drill, you know, at 19 years old, you don't really turn around to anyone and say, well, actually, have you thought about doing this more effectively? Let's sit down and you you just you kind of get on and clean the plates. Right. Even if you can see that buying a new washing machine would be would be much more effective. You you kind of don't question it. So I think, you know, depending on on career and depending on you know time frame like how you're a follower changes and I think now I'm I'm willing to to if you know I'm working for a leader or working for someone I'm willing to disagree I'm willing to tell them that I think it could be done better but I always try and I'm not always successful at this but I always try and follow the following steps which is if I disagree with something have an answer of how I think it can be done better 
and be part of the solution, not not just the problem and say that's that's crap. And then the other thing I would I would I would say is that ultimately that leader is in a position of responsibility and that comes with its with its downfalls, that comes with its pressures as well. And actually they have they're in that position so they have the final say. And you have to and you have to respect that. So as long as you've said, look, I don't 100% agree with this. I think we could do it this way. If that person then turns around and says, look, I really appreciate your input. Thank you. But no, we're going to do it this way. Then I've said what I think. As long as it's been treated with respect, I'm then just going to get on and and do it in the way that, that they want to do it. Because the truth is, there's probably pitfalls to the way I want to do it. There's pitfalls to the way they want to do it. There's no There's no perfect answer. And we're only going to find out by trying. And I'd much prefer to get on with something and do something and learn from something and find out that it was the wrong way to go than to just sit back and do nothing at all. So, yeah, I think from from a followership perspective, I think too often people too often people will disagree with something, but not say because the trust isn't there. The trust if and if the trust isn't there followers feel like they they can't voice what they what they want to say and that's something you know I'm always keen to to emphasize with people we work with is you want people to disagree with you that is you you want people to give you constructive feedback that is a really healthy place to be and how you treat that feedback is just so so important because if you brush it off they're not going to come back again if you you know label them as someone that's negative because they've given you constructive feedback they're not going to come back to you again they're going to get disenchanted and they'll probably leave or or just become toxic so you know when someone gives you that feedback like thank them for it like that's a really great idea i really appreciate that maybe ask them some more questions on it to to find out be interested and you know give it some give it some consideration and i think that's how you get great followers in your team um, and that's also how you become a, a great follower. I hope that answers your question, Ben. It did, yeah. Thank yeah. you. But it's raised a lot more. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've got one. I've got <laughs> one straight off the back. And, and actually, I think I think there, there's there, there's a question, but there, there's something that I'll add to that is that often, often I think I think leaders when they get that feedback, they feel like they have to they have to answer it in the moment straight away. And actually, some of the best times, if if, if you're not sure that. That you know that that someone who reports to you is coming to you with some feedback. You're not sure if that feedback is 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 going to fit into the bigger part of the strategy, but you want to honour it. I agree. Thank completely. But you can also say like, can I take this away, and I'll come back to you at this point. And I think making sure you come back and circle back is really important. But I think there's something also about like the honour in considering it and not necessarily dismissing it in the moment, unless it's a terrible idea. In which no, I'm joking. But but honouring it is 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 a really important bit, and I think those steps you've outlined are really helpful for for everyone. Like, come with a solution. You know, if you're going to give some feedback as a follower, I don't think this will work because what about these two to three ideas I've had? And then the receiving side of that, as you said, like thanking, honouring it, but then also you've got to you've got to help that person understand why why they need to disagree and commit. Um, because you might say, look, we're not going to do those because, because of this. And I think the trust bit that you talked about, that, that really deepens that, that trust for sure. Yeah, that ties, ties into the question that I had that off the back as well. It's a strange industry to be in, I imagine, where you've got your client or customer who is on site with you for potentially 24, 48 hours or longer, 
seeing, watching, noticing everything that you do. So as a high-performing hotel team, what takeaways could listeners or other businesses take from your specific examples? Because success and failure probably hangs in the balance of so many different areas within the hotel. But what is critical, what would you say is critical to make A, the guest have an amazing stay, but also to be a high-performing team for that 24, 48-hour period when your customer is always watching? Is it that trust or is it debriefs or is it feedback? Wow. Oh, well, first of all, I'm going to pay you a compliment. That is a, that is an absolutely outstanding question and one that I've never had before. So thank you. Hats hats off to you. And it's it's never something I've even really considered um, or recognised because that's just always been the way. And I suppose I've never thought of businesses not really being in contact with their customers all the all the time. But so let me let me try and answer this. Okay, I think. So I, th- I think what's probably what's probably quite important here is like putting I'm not sure whether it's like putting on an act, but like you couldn't allow yourself like telling someone off or telling someone not how to do something or something like that in a hotel, like in a live environment. It's just an absolute no. It's it's just an absolute no. Like if you want to give someone some feedback as a as a manager or a supervisor or a leader, you 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 take them into a safe space and you and you give that feedback because a customer seeing that like that is not a good look so i, th- I think that's that's the first thing that it, it and that's a good thing because actually that should be happening you know i've seen it quite a few times in when i started to go into into roles where i was in offices more often i've seen leaders kind of give feedback in the moment to people in like a in a pod in a in a group of in a group of like desks and i've just thought to myself that's that's not good you should you should take them to one side uh, the rest of the team don't need to to hear that so i think that's probably the first lesson you learn from that and actually i think the second the second lesson you learn is you you want to create a great environment for these guests you want you know i always think the best hotels is this kind of seamless this seamless feeling where the where the team are just as happy as the guests and and there's not this this big barrier. There's got to be professionalism, but there's not this kind of desk here and that's them and and this is us. It's this kind of melting pot of 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 people. And um, I think you I think you get that again. It's that you know I used to do a lot of work with general managers, and I used to say like when you walk the floor, like treat your team just like you would treat the guests. So to a guest, you would say, hi, how are you today? Like, what's, how's your, how's your stay going? How are you, know, are you enjoying yourself? What are you got? What are you planning today? Well, why not talk like that to your team? Like, hi, you know, how are you today? You know, what's, what's been, what's been happening? What, what are you planning to do after work? Oh, nice. How's Auntie Doris? Um, like asking those questions, like they're, they're, it should be, the, it should be the same. And I think that creates that atmosphere um of kind of a a high performing team within a within a hotel that you you're you're going to treat them like you would like you would treat the, the customer if not better yeah i think there's i think there's, there's there's that psychological safety piece that you talk quite quite a bit about ben i think that 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 that, that fosters doesn't it it's actually like oh the gm's here like i need to like you know stiffen my back up etc well, actually if, if you're engaging authentically and you're interested in them then, then you lower the the pressure levels, and and we know that people perform better when they don't feel they don't feel under pressure. They feel stretched, but they they don't feel under pressure. Great example. Great question. Great question, Simon. 
and I always I, I always knew that I always knew the general managers who 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 were not empathetic with their team who who weren't leading by example and I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that and I definitely won't name any names but if as an MD you go into a hotel and you haven't been in there for for three or four weeks and you start talking to people and start talking to the team and they tell you stuff and all that sort of thing and then you go to a DM and you say oh such and such told me this and, and they, oh really I, I didn't know that and you think okay how did you not know that big piece of news or how did you not know that that person had left or was feeling that way or you know for me that that kind of gave me red flag straight away I used to think okay well what you know you're in this hotel every day five days a week hopefully that that used to ring alarm bells for me um so it's it's quite interesting in in terms of that sense as well yeah thank you thank you right we're coming to the back end of of your grilling sorry your interview or conversation, Simon. We've got we've got two bits to do. The first bit is I want to ask you our West Peak question. So so West Peak is named around the concept that there's kind of there, there, there's acquiring a skill and then there's 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 really applying it and embedding it in in the real world. And and often the acquisition of the skill, you know, will will teach someone how to run in a really effective one to one. And they might think that's the that's the peak, that's the summit they've got there. And the reality is about what we do next is. They, they go and have a play using those skills in one-to-ones and go, wow, actually, there's a whole lot more to learn in the real world. And then we wrap around them and we support them with, with coaching and support groups on that to make sure they, they succeed in the real world. So my question to you is, what West Peak moments have you had in your career where you thought you'd reached the summit, but actually in reality, applying it, you had a whole lot more to learn? Yeah, I've probably, I've probably had two. I've probably had two moments like that, I would say. We, I, I did a project where um, I opened a, a new hotel. It was a, it was a brand new building, completely from scratch. Huge investment. It was, it was the key investment for the company. And and if it had gone wrong, like it would have put the company in a in a really difficult position. So it was, a, it was a big, a big property as well. And it was, it was the Southampton, Southampton Harbour Hotel. And there was a bit with openings, there's always this kind of big lead up. There's like 18 months, you know, and you're, you're kind of getting everything in place. You're getting the right people. You've got a date to work towards. You're working on the menu. You're working on the kind of structures, the pricing, like so, so much. You're learning so, 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 so much. And I remember like the day we, we opened the hotel and it was about 11 o'clock in the morning the first guest was walking down the the driveway and i was with my uh, guest services manager a lady called min she was brilliant and we welcomed the first guest and it was it was just awesome and i thought to myself do you know what that's it i've bloody done it we've we've opened this hotel like 18 months of like look, there were some really long nights in the last few weeks and i was like i just went back upstairs to my office and just sat back in my chair and was like You've done it, Maguire. Well done. You've done it. And then about five minutes later, someone knocked on my door and said, um, "Can I speak to you?" And it was it was the spa manager. And this is this is day one of the of the hotel opening. And she said, "I'm I'm really sorry, but I I, I want to resign." And I said, uh, "Whoa, okay. How can you how can you do?" I, I took it quite personally. I was like, "How can you do this to me on day one?" And and actually, her reasoning was just absolutely sound. Like she was she was absolutely right to to resign and to and to go and the pressure of opening a hotel 
like had really told on her and we're still in, we're still in really good contact now actually and like that made me think of, of that kind of full summit is like you've done this big project you or and you know I'm sure you've had it a hundred times over with with starting up West Peak like there's moments where you're going to feel like oh wow I've we've done it here we've 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 nailed it and then five minutes later you're brought right down back down to earth um by by something whether it's a a, a client or, or you know not wanting to work with us or or any, anything that it might be um but so for me there's just there's just so many full summits and I think I think I think probably the second full summit was was fairly similar which was which was through COVID was um that whole COVID piece was was pretty horrific. You know, shutting down five hotels, reopening, shutting, reopening, all of the rules and 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 regulations around it. And when we when we reopened the first time, um, all of the kind of technology providers had furloughed everyone. Um, supply chain was just in a complete mess, and we managed to get the hotels open all on day one, all five of them. And and again, I had that moment where I was like, "Brilliant, we've we've done it. We've got the hotels open. You you can relax." And then there was just this wave of issues, like with like hot water not working because we hadn't used it properly, with like suppliers not turning up with food. Like the customer themselves had changed massively in that like six months of of locking them down. You know, they wanted so many. They wanted things differently. They weren't willing to like stand in a group of people anymore. Like just. It's like the whole world changed overnight. And so that's that's a big that was a big false peak for me as well in, in terms of like I thought we'd made it. I thought we'd open these hotels back up. Um and we had a plan for everything. Yeah, our plan had to change again ten minutes later. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. Thank you. I've got some quick fire questions. Yeah. Yeah. We might have a couple as well. Let's do a few. Let's do it. And I know Simon likes to act under pressure, so let's put him under a little bit of pressure. Simon. For success, motivation or discipline? Hang on a second. Success? No, that, that wasn't no. part of it. For success? For success, motivation or discipline? That's a really difficult question. So a quick fire round is where we ask <laughs> the answer comes back really quickly. It we're, is, yes. We're, we're going to teach you how this works, okay? Ben's going to say something. Okay. And you're going to respond relatively quickly. Simon, for success, motivation or discipline? Discipline. Okay, right, my go. The best advice is? Lead yourself first. Preparation or action? Action. Feedback is? Good. My biggest mistake was? (laughs) Joining you weirdos. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're getting faster at this, but I think we can go, we can go. Okay, ready? One-to-ones are? Important. Never do what in a hotel? Should have said crucial. Go on. Never do what in a hotel? Go on. Never do what in a hotel? Oh, I, I can't answer that. Anything goes. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Uh, oh, preparation or action? Well, you're not very well prepared because we've had that already and I said action. <laughs> we just did that one. We'll cut, we'll cut we'll that cut one that. out. Um, okay, uh, measure twice or cut once? What was that? Measure twice or cut once? Measure, yeah, have you heard that saying? Measure no, twice. Well, no, 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 the saying is measure twice to cut once. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, but do you just go and cut or do you, you okay. the person who I just go and cut. Measure twice, sir, or? No, I'm a, I'm a cutter, just yeah. Cut. Yeah. Okay, and the last one, the last okay. one, are you ready? Yeah. Which Ben? Ooh, Matt Hall and Joe Murphy. 
Nice, <laughs> nice. Well played, well played. Simon, thank you so much for coming on this this special episode of, of How They Lead. Ben, do you want to say goodbye? Yeah, it's been really insightful. I like that and I've resonated with it a lot, especially with the, the consistency, doing the small things, doing them right. And then that feedback that you mentioned as well for a high-performing, hospitable team. Thank you very much, Simon. I enjoyed that immensely. My pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us on the How They Lead podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and learned something new about the world of high performance. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And don't forget to subscribe to the How They Lead podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. Until next time, keep pushing yourself to reach your full potential and evolve the way you perform. And remember, just because something has always been done a certain way, doesn't mean doing it a new way can't work. <laughs> <laughs>